The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world. Back from its Brent Honeymoon Jr., I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. And for the first time in a couple of weeks, we are here together to talk about the sport we love. Oh, not just us. Producer Chris is here. We are back. We have not recorded a podcast, all three of us together, in like a month. Uh, Jake and I last hopped on the Zoom boxes on December 29th. A lot has happened since then. I don't know about a lot of it because, as you mentioned, I have been on my Brent honeymoon. And I'm just happy to be here. I'm excited to podcast. We are going to do, once again, a one of us reveals to the other what has happened in baseball because I've been super offline. Producer Chris and Jake have both been in Australia. I did not go that far uh, for my honeymoon, but we have all endured some amount of travel uh, trials and tribulations over the last uh, few days. But I'm, I'm energized. Even though I've barely slept, I am feeling so good and so excited to be here with you, gentlemen. Producer Chris, hello. Uh, have you missed us? We miss you. Of course I missed you guys. And I thought when I left for my trip, right, the only thing that was getting me through not being able to produce this show for a month was that I was going to be able to see Jake for uh, for New Year's Eve because he was going to come across the world to, to visit me for 24 hours in Melbourne. And about three hours before that was supposed to happen, uh, I found out it wasn't going to happen. So <laughs> I had to cancel. I cancel culture seen- struck. You did, and I haven't seen or spoken to either of you for a month because of it, so I was particularly sad about that, but particularly happy that I could be back this morning with you guys for another show. It's been too long, fellas. It feels great. Well, Chris, the good news is that the charisma is up in 2024. New year, new us, okay? We were too boring in 2023, not enough pizzazz in our Mm. morning coffee. Spice it up, baby. New year, baby. Let's get hot. And so now what we are going to do is fill Jordan in on everything that happened in baseball while he was gone. Remember, you can email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. We read them all, even the ones that are negative feedback. Look, constructive criticism is important in this life. Let me tell you. Uh, Jordan, what day did you leave for your honeymoon? I left on Thursday afternoon, uh, me and my lovely wife, Bailey, we traveled to the U.S. Virgin Islands, a couple flights down into the Caribbean, and on Thursday, before I jumped on my flight in Charlotte, North Carolina, that was the second flight, I deleted the Twitter app, I'm still calling it Twitter, I deleted that, I deleted Instagram, I deleted Facebook, why do I still have Facebook anyway, I deleted the MLB app, all of that was gone, ESPN app, not that they're... uh, 
talking about baseball. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. Um, anywhere I turned off my my Slack notifications, everything was gone. And this is something that you, I think, have been much better at in the past. It just in general, regardless of trip or non-trip, like Jake is admittedly better at logging off than I am. But kids this was, these days, kids yes. these days are on their phones too much, you know. Yes. And so I hate kids, and so I'm very good at you know not looking at my phone. And so for me, like. I, I've been trying to get better about that in general, but this was like, you know what? This is great. I have no reason to be looking at this. I'm fully excused. And this is a great opportunity because there's probably going to be some stuff happening during this stretch of January. And it sounds like that is indeed the case. That is correct because the moment, the day after you turned off your phone, the Seattle Mariners had an afternoon and an evening. Uh, Jordan, there are three new Seattle Mariners. Three okay. new Seattle Mariners. Okay. All right. So let me let me get this out of the way. So I do know about two of them because this was the one move that broke through because I I did still have text messages and big so mistake. I was big mistake big okay. mistake. Let me let me push back here because it's so easy for you, Jake Mintz, to throw on Do Not Disturb and let a text message fall into the wasteland that is your messages app which has over 100 unread texts. Just like, oh, what's another text? What's that number at right now you're showing me? Oh, 491 unread okay. text messages. Exactly. I am, here's the thing. I am a bad person. And no, you're no, no, not. No, I'm, this, isn't, this isn't a judgment call or anything. I'm it just saying be. that I, I knew you were going to say this. And it is definitely, and, and, and in theory, I could have, right? But I decided, you know what? Listen, I know it's risky from a specifically Mariner's perspective because those are the moves I am likely to get texts about. And indeed, the sequence of this was very funny because Friday, just full day on the beach, we're chilling, enjoying the lovely, you know, blue uh, ocean here. And I go, I left my phone in the room and I go back up and I have a text from Adam Jude, the Seattle Times. Love Adam Jude. Uh, Adam's great because I've gotten to become friends with him because he's like a, a nice, cool, regular person who's not as grumpy as Ryan Divish. So it's a really nice counterbalance. Right. Um, I, I love Adam. Adam's great. And Adam texted me the following. It said, M's about to blank your honeymoon. Okay, so he like left a blank. So he basically left it into interpretation to where I was like, oh, is he about to, are they about to ruin it? Are they about to like make it even more exciting because they, you know, you traded for Otani? Like, okay, like well, what's going on here, right? And then uh, shortly after I got another text from another Mariners adjacent person that basically spoiled the trade, which is that to my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, Robbie Ray, to the Giants for Mitch Haniger and Anthony DeSclafani. This is the one move that broke through. The only thing I know about. Maybe it is the biggest thing that happened over the last five days. But this is a move. But that's two new Mariners, Anthony DeSclafani and Mitch Haniger. So I do not know about a third. Should we talk about the third before we talk about this move? Because this is the move that I've been ruminating on without actually looking anything, anything up over the last five days. Let's talk about this move first. The other move is, uh, it's not as big. It's it's notable and it will change the 2024 Mariners, but okay. I want to just latch on to yes. Mitch Haniger, who is yes. a top 10, top five, even beloved Mariner of the last decade. Sure. Yeah. Returning Absolutely. to Teal and Navy after yes. one year in the desert with the San Francisco Giants. Are you excited about this? Yeah, so it's really weird because the first I was like, "Oh my god, that's so cool!" Like Mitch Haniger is is back. Like he's he's the guy. Of course, everybody loves Mitch, right? But I was also the person that a year ago, when the team traded for Teoscar Hernandez, 
And some people were like, oh, like there's no difference between him and Mitch. Like this isn't an upgrade. And I was like, listen, I love and respect and admire and appreciate everything that Mitch Hanniger is about. But Teoscar Hernandez, at the very least, will play 150 plus baseball games. In fact, I think he played 161, right? And I was like, this is an upgrade because I know that Teoscar is going to play. And even if the skill set is similar, like this is an upgrade. I love Mitch, but that's fine. If they want to let him go to San Francisco, God bless. NorCal guy. Have fun in with the Giants, Mitch Hanniger. And what ended up happening in 2023 was pretty much exactly that. And you can complain about Teoscar Hernandez, but he played and Mitch Hanniger did not. He was injured. And when he was playing, if I recall correctly, he was bad. Um, Very bad. He, pl- he played, what, 50 games, if that? He played... 61 games. He had a 73 OPS plus. He was worth negative 0.3 wins above replacement. Exactly. And so while I didn't think that he was suddenly a, you know, a 71 OPS plus true talent player, I I felt somewhat vindicated. I wasn't like good riddance, but I was like, you know what? That's fine. They probably made the right call on that. Right. So for them to turn around and bring him back with like still some significant money out, although we know they're unloading a bunch of Robbie Ray. I was like, this is a fascinating move. I'm excited to root for him again. But if he's like your plan to, to like your your what to treat him like this middle of the order guy again seems foolish <laughs> at the very least. So I, I guess I'm excited for him to be back on the team, but I'm concerned if he is like a very important part of their offense uh, moving forward. Mitch Hanniger is a good player when healthy. He is not exactly someone you can rely upon. No, and that's okay as long as you know that and you build the rest of your roster. To take that into account. Jordan, the other move. Okay. For the Seattle Mariners was a one-for-one trade. Oh, we I love one-for-ones are, are delicious, right? Okay. We've had we've had a few of them already this this winter, and they're they're just so great. Trades are great. Okay. And trade here we go. I'm gonna have to update my DePoto spreadsheet as soon as we're done here. Jose Caballero. Jose Caballero gone out the door to Tampa <sighs> Bay straight up. For Luke Rayleigh. Wow. Jose Caballero getting the boot. Okay. Luke Rayleigh. <laughs> Luke Rayleigh. Ohio zone. Division two icon. Luke Rayleigh. Luke Rayleigh. Who was unbelievable. In for the like first two months. Half, and then pretty bad. Pretty bad. That. Okay. Right. So. Wow. Okay. Um, again, I'm processing all this in real time. That is a fa- Not just a one for one. A one for one of essentially... Not not opposite players, but <laughs> in a lot of ways, opposite players. The Rays getting Jose Caballero makes all the sense in the world. I mean, that's like that. That's a hundred percent right. He's as Rays as it gets. And credit to the Mariners and credit to him. By the way, one of my favorite conversations I had all season last year was just chopping it up with Jose Caballero when the Mariners were in Cincinnati, talking to him for like twenty five minutes about his path from Panama to becoming a division or to becoming a junior college national champion, like one of the best players in junior college. And then he had a lot of injuries in the minor leagues, worked his way up. Really fun player, great defender at multiple spots. Can't really hit that much, but he can he can piss people off. He gets on base, hit by pitches, you know, works the count, steals some bags, good defense. All very, all very raised things. But Luke Rayleigh, this is a pretty big bet that he's like, I don't know, I assume he has what, four or five years of team control, three or at least years of team control left um, to be Luke Rayleigh's weird because he was like playing some center, even though you, you wouldn't think that he could play that. Like he he's definitely shown flashes of, a, of an impact player. Does that translate to the Seattle Mariners? I'm worried, but I'm uh, I'm kind of into it. 
the Mariners needed another left-handed bat yes. in the outfield was probably the impetus behind this deal. He's going to slot in the left. He'll be more or less the everyday left fielder, right, with Julio in center and Hanniger in right. Oh, well, that's the thing. <laughs> Hanniger every day, right. Oh, God. And I think the left-handed thing as much as just like they need someone that offensively has shown more in the major leagues than Cade Marlowe and Dom Canzone, right? So um, still left-handed, which is not a bad thing. But obviously, you're trying to replace Kelnick in some form. So, okay, interesting. All right. I, I, I'm scared to look at how I'm going to do all the look at the number. Again, I haven't opened baseball reference depth charts, anything for, for days. I'm curious how bad he was. <laughs> I definitely yeah. don't remember him being very good in the second half, but we can we can figure those details out later. So that's the Seattle Mariners. We started with that just because you like the Mariners. Yeah. But that was not the biggest move it that happened while can you I, were gone. Can I just, can I, before we move to the biggest, I mean, Robbie Ray here. Can we just talk about Robbie Ray here oh, for a second? Oh, sure. I mean, he was, they <laughs> gave him $150 million. He was like, okay to underwhelming in his first year. It ends in disaster at the hands of Jordan Alvarez. Also entirely not Robbie Ray's fault. Like absurd, one of the most absurd just playoff sequences we've ever seen. Jordan Alvarez hit Robbie Ray off the Seattle off Mariners. Off the Seattle Mariners, that right. Swing. Yeah. But if you, again, if you weren't following the team that closely, I can understand you. He basically showed up in spring training, like pissed off. Like I am like, we're, we're, we're getting things back on track, right? Great. Best shape of your life. He was throwing Whatever, 95 in like February, like his first spring training start. He was like a higher average fastball velo than anything he'd done the year before. And then he just blew out like basically three. Could it be because maybe he was throwing harder in <laughs> early training than he ever had before? It is weird, though, because for all of Robbie Ray's roller coaster career, he's been pretty healthy. <laughs> like that was not the issue with Robbie Ray. Like he was he was always on the mound. But so now he'll go to the Giants who are trying to kind of backdoor their way into a frontline starter. Well, and as we transition here, like I'm super curious. Now we, now we open it up to what else has happened because I don't know anything else, but the only thing that I think has happened is that Imanaga must've signed just because his posting window I know ends tomorrow. So Correct. in that sense, I know he signed, but I don't know where, but I was thinking about the giants when I th saw they got Robbie Ray. It's like, okay, but like they still need to get someone who can pitch on opening day probably. Or, or so the San Francisco giants. Day. All okay. right. That is the only thing that they did while you were away. They did not get okay. <laughs> to Imanaga. Okay. They that was it. Imanaga. Okay. That was their so only the move. Are, are, yes. are off the board. All right. I will stop thinking about them now. Last night, uh, Imanaga did sign last night, reportedly, allegedly. Okay. Okay. Is that the next biggest move or we'll get to that? That is the biggest move while you were gone. Imanaga to the Cubs. To the Cubs. Okay. Contract details are complicated. Both. Uh, I think Heyman and I think Bowden both use the word complicated to describe <laughs> the contract details. J.P. Morosi, who I guess we're trusting again. Uh, Morosi. It's, it's been a rocky winter for relationship. For yeah. For John. Yeah. Uh, I would say uh, Morosi said 15 mil a year. Okay. There are escalators, according to Bowden and, and Heyman, that take it up to like 80. Uh, it's not clear what the money is yet but it but does 80 seem, we're not we're not into like 100 no so the reporting seems to be that he took less money to go to the cubs that there, there were bigger contracts out there for him but he wanted to be a cub or he okay. liked the cubs situation All so right. imanaga cubs gives them one of the most fascinating funky town rotations yes which which is steel wicks Imanaga Hendricks tie on. 
Oh man, yeah, not a lot of uh, not a lot of cheese in there. Not a lot of high heat coming in from. We, we need Kate Horton to get there sooner rather than later. Also, the first Cubs move yes. at all. <laughs> this is from John Heyman. There was at least one team that was willing to quote more than double the guarantee that Imanaga agreed to with the Cubs. <laughs> what? Wow. Okay. All right. And he's like, nope. Sorry. Uh, that's wild. Um, good. Good for Imanaga. I know he. I don't know if he was also Wasserman. I know he wasn't Boris, but interesting timing here. And we knew that like, as the rest of the starting pitching market was moving, not moving, we had Giolito, we had the Chris Sale trade, right? That was all before, um, I, you know, I left and stuff. But Imanaga had this deadline. He had to sign before January 11th. This is from Heyman last night. Imanaga deal is complicated. Why you got to be so complicated? Uh, includes player team options and escalators that could boost it to 80 mil. Guarantee suggested to be somewhere around 30 for two, which feels so it's crazy like crazy low. Yeah. Compared to and where I guess the, the projection before the winter was kind of like 460 ish. Or, or it then, got a higher, as we saw, like, yeah, Iran. Yeah. Yeah. But once we saw the market develop and Seth Lugo was like getting to feed his great great grandchildren, like, we assumed that Imanaga, who has incredible stuff and led NPB in strikeouts last year. Yeah. Okay. Was going to get like around a hundred million. And that does not seem to be the case. So there's going to be more reporting with this. Very interesting. There's another shoe that has to drop here. Yeah. But Imanaga to the Cubs happened good, last night. Good for the Cubs. Definitely finally. I know Cubs fans were really, uh, really going through it. I did want to kind of touch on them a little bit more last week when I recorded with Ben Nicholson Smith. We kind of ran out of time just because they were, I mean, there are a lot of anxious fan bases waiting to see more moves, but the Cubs had literally, I believe they were the only team left to not like add a new player to their 40 man roster. Not even like a big free agent. Like they, it just, they were going, you know, as slow as can be. So to get him in with this creative deal is, is fascinating. He's not, he's like 30, right? So he's not like that old or that young. It's not like a, um, a Yamamoto situation, but I, I'm fascinated by him. I know you, I know you were really digging into him pretty, pretty close, um, you know, leading up to him finally signing. So good for the Cubs getting, getting one done, but I agree that is a strange rotation and I'm still more worried about their offense. I think the upside with Imanaga is it's a special fastball, really low slot, a lot of ride on it, more vertical break than every other pitcher in baseball mm-hmm. last year, except for Felix Bautista and Colin Pochette. So it would have been like kind of the third right. Poche is also a, a good comp in terms of like a left-hander that doesn't throw that hard, but yeah. it's just kind of a magic fastball. But I mean, we know Imanaga's issue is just so many home runs, right? Right. He just allowed so many fly balls in an in NPB. is just that's It's hard to give up a lot of homers in that league. Um, and he, and he was doing it. So we'll see yeah. how that translates to Wrigley Field, I guess. Yep. Uh, other move, Jordan. Yep. I'd say this is the next biggest move. Big one-year deal for someone oh. whose name you already mentioned here oh. on this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Teoscar so Hernandez. It, wait, who? Teoscar Hernandez got a one-year deal. Teoscar Hernandez, one Dodgers. year. Dodgers? $23.5 million with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yes. Wow. Oh, my God. So that's pushing where Dodgers payroll is, is pretty pretty awesome. Um, shout out to Teoscar's agent, uh, Jordan Avis for, for, for securing the bag there. Now Jordan? this was, this Jordan? is interesting. Give yeah. me a second. Yeah. There's another piece of information here. Oh, this might not shock you. 
Only it's, 15 million of that salary will be paid to Hernandez this year with the rest paid out in installments between 2030 and 2039. Defer, like, defer, like, defer. Yo, let's, let's, let me, let me see how this shit works. Let's do this. Let's do it. Mm. Um, now that is, that is, that does also make sense in the context of him specifically, right? Because it's like Teoscar at 15 for a year makes a lot more sense than Teoscar at 23 for a year. 23 far beyond you know, the the qualifying offer that the Mariners chose not to give him because they were scared he was going to take it, right? So they, they'd say, oh, let him go, that's fine. But people assumed that's – they were like, oh, well, either way, they thought it was stupid they didn't offer him because he'll probably get three years, 45 or whatever, something closer to what Gurriel got, right? Instead, he's like, let's just get a big bag to hit sixth, seventh <laughs> for the Dodgers. Ninth? And- it not have some better numbers in not the, not the Dodger Stadium is like an amazing hitters park, but still better than Seattle. I mean, he it was brutal for him. Um, this, his home road splits in Seattle were, were terrible. Worst possible place to get traded to before you, you're into free agency. But the Dodgers is a pretty it's probably a pretty fun place to go uh, to go mash and and with zero pressure whatsoever. Also, I think him just being in the same locker room as Max Muncie is going to improve his swing decisions right away. Like <laughs> that's no true. Work. Just the if presence. there is. Because because that was the other issue is like Teoscar already has some pretty flagrant plate discipline issues and they just got it even worse last year. If they can tone it in just a little bit, you know, he's going back to the Toronto version. I mean, that match was was not surprising whatsoever. That is a very interesting, interesting contract, though. So good. Good. For Teo. A, I, I do still like him. I mean, that's a ton of money. Yeah. For one year. I understand it's deferred. But if you look at like the highest AAVs in baseball. Yeah. Right. Highest average annual value. Like that's freaking that, up there. Like that's above like Jose Ramirez. It's sure. above like Alex Bregman. It's sure. above. It's know. it's up there. And then whatever one year deals are going to be higher. But but for a hitter too, we're so used to seeing the one year deals for for pitchers even more. So we see it sometimes with hitters. But that is, yeah, I mean, defer deferments or not, like that's a pretty serious uh pretty serious commitment there and and that it's a good it's a good match like they so now i guess he's he's just the left fielder right uh yeah. or the right field yeah. left fielder Le- the right fielder will be hayward and manuel marco oh right platooning. right okay okay so that makes sense we're we're really we're really heading uh the chris taylor era is slowly so the sunset is is coming down here on the on the chris taylor which makes sense he's not been a very good hitter recently but um all right, good for good for Teo, uh, good for Rafa. That's 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 cool. The New York Mets stay shrewd. Oh, what what kind of savvy move did David Stearns uh, do next? I watched the movie Dumb Money on the plane. I also watched the movie Dumb Money on okay, the plane. Okay, I watched the first fifteen minutes of Dumb Money and then I had to take care of my daughter because she was getting really <laughs> restless. Uh, all right, great. So I thought, you know why I'm bringing this up. You, you, some people are listening to this have never heard of Dumb Money. I'm like, wow, why? Like, did Jordan just get distracted in an extremely bizarre way? No. Uh, I'm mentioning it because Steve Cohen is in it, and I'm not going to say No, like, no, 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 no. I, Steve Cohen is not in it. Steve Someone Cohen's not in it. Steve Cohen is, is portrayed. Is portrayed in it. Yes. Okay, that's a big difference. It is a big difference. Um, that also, I mean, that is... Pete Davidson's character is one of the funniest characters I've I've seen in a long time. <laughs> I thought that movie was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. But anyway, there is a portrayal of Steve Cohen, which includes multiple uh, shots of him wearing a Mets hat. Um, yeah. So 
I was, you know, that's, that was my Mets experience during my honeymoon was Steve Cohen being portrayed in dumb money. But what, what, what did they guys, I assume if you're saying it's shrewd, it probably was more David Stearns than, uh, than Steve Cohen. Oh yeah. But it's the combination of the two because they gave Harrison Bader ten and a half million dollars and a $1 million signing bonus to play for them. One year deal, 2024 Harrison Bader. Ten and a half million to do what? Is Brandon Nimmo done playing center field? Like, what is? I this is really weird. Like, I now, admittedly, I think we're both pretty low on Harrison Bader. This is the same thing as how I felt when I heard how much Hunter Renfro got because I watched him and Bader come in to Cincinnati via waivers and both just be absolutely horrible. And it wasn't fair. It's was a tiny, tiny sample. There was injuries. Like, it's it's not fair. To, but I was just like. I, they went into free agency. I was like, who the hell is going to want these guys? And both of them getting serious money. What the hell? I watched a lot of Harrison Bader for the Yankees. Yeah. And my takeaway was he just can't hit. Like no. he just doesn't impact the baseball. I, I think that the Mets are, the money is irrelevant, right? I know that. I and know. they're I know just, really. they're hoping to get Nimmo off his feet a little bit, push him to a corner more often, mix okay. in Bader more. Bader is a couple of hot months and you flip him at the deadline. And I actually yeah. kind of like the Mets offseason for that reason is sure, either yeah, they're going to be that. better than we think or they're going to be blah and they'll trade everyone for prospects. But that was not the only move that they made. While oh, you okay. were on holiday. I got you, Chris. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sean Manaya, two years oh. to the New York Mets. For how? What, what? What's that kind? Is that multiple years? Two years, $28 million. That one I like a lot. I think Sean Manaya it was one of the more undervalued shots. Scott Boris, by the way, uh, there is a Boris move in there. I assume you know none of the. Uh, clearly, you would have told me about one of the other big Boris guys that have signed by now. Um, if that happened, so Manaya is an interesting one. It, I don't know if that one has an opt out too, but he was just throwing harder than ever last year, um, and so. Is, is he just right into the rotation, right? Because with the Giants, it was weird. He was kind of bouncing. I know everyone on the Giants that wasn't Logan Webb was bouncing between the rotation and the and the bullpen, but Manaya in particular. But he was just throwing harder than ever. Now the results weren't amazing at times, but I, I was in. I'm, I'm, I'm very in on Manaya. So that one kind of balances out the Bader one for me. I like that a lot. I've reached a point where with the Mets rotation, it's just how many of my own eyebrows can I raise and go, huh? Senga? Quintana? Well, Senga's just good. Senga. Yeah. Sorry, let me rephrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Senga. Yeah, yeah there's, no, there's no question. That's what it was last year. Last year was like, Senga? No. This year Senga. Senga, period. Exclamation point. This dude is awesome. Jose Quintana, who was hurt all the time, but solid last year. Sure. Luis Severino, who, I mean. <laughs> we're, we're pulling for him. If but. you're trying to get the highest DRA, right? If it's a hot, if it's not like golf, he was great last year. Sean Manaya, who we just talked about, mm-hmm. and Adrian Hauser, who's now All with right. them. And then I think people are napping on my man, uh, Jose Buto. Jose Buto. Oh, yes. And Tylor McGill. Yeah, Tylor. Tylor has been as confounding as it gets. He's had some stretches where it's like, holy shit. I think Jose Buto is going to make 27 starts. Whoa. The, yeah. I, you can there get you a much lower over-under number than, than 26 and a half. Okay, you think fine. 20, this is good. This is interesting. Because right now he's probably in the sixth. I mean, I, I will say, though, that like them signing these guys is basically them saying we don't believe in Jose Buto. 
No, they believe in Jose Buto, dude. Everyone <laughs> believes in Jose Buto. All right. Well, then now I do too. You've you've sold me. Great. So yeah. Okay. Shamanaya. Uh, I, I think that's good. I I don't. I mean, we'll. I I yeah. I, I'm I, that one balances out the the Bader one. The Bader one is bizarre. Also reminds me that like what is going on with Starling Marte? What what, what are we expecting from him? Um, but again, like we don't know what the Mets are expecting of, the, of themselves. So it's hard to really know exactly. I think the funny thing about the Mets though is just understand. I know it's all monopoly money to, to Steve Cohen, as is made very clear uh, in the film Dumb Money. Um, but, um, uh, their payroll is still hilarious. It's, it's like, it's for a team that is maybe like trying to be okay. It's beyond anything. It's still like historically hot, which is very funny. Those are all the major moves. Okay. I will uh, just run through a couple of uh, other minor ones. If you don't mind, Braves and Chris Sale agreed to a two-year deal. That oh, I, that f- was the last thing I saw. I saw the extension was the, that was the last thing I saw right before I, I boarded from Charlotte. I have come around on this. I think with the price of pitching, getting Chris Sale is totally fine. And like, and and again, we were joking about it at the time, but like, huge for the Braves Foundation. They found a way to get some of Chris Sale's money. Love that. Love that for them. Uh, other little nuggets: the Rockies were oh. uh, <laughs> were active uh, <laughs> a couple days. Uh, Dakota Hudson and Jacob Stallings both in the fold. <laughs> okay, Jacob Stallings uh, reuniting with Elias Diaz, uh, both former Pirates. So that's that's very cute. Major league deal for both. For for both Dakota Hudson is that super predictable guy, just total ground ball guy. I mean, getting him off of you know same thing that they're going to try to do with Cal Quantrill and Hudson is in theory a lot better suited for them so never change Rockies um sorry to Dakota Hudson's ERA but it's fine the Braves earlier this offseason traded away Nicky Lopez so they signed Nicky Lopez with a beard Luis Guillorme 1.1 million dollar contract to the Atlanta did, Braves oh I'm excited to see how did Mets Twitter react I mean he talk about a talk about like a, a fan favorite for someone who didn't do that much except for when he caught the bat Remember that? Remember when he caught the bat in spring training? If you've never seen this clip, I don't even remember who was batting, but basically someone just, uh, you know, on a swing, just let go of the bat. It flew towards the Mets dugout, and Guillaume just caught it with one hand. If you've never seen this clip, Chris, I encourage you to, to look this up because it is he's a fun. He's ridiculous. also a fun guy to talk to. Um, one yes. more trade, and then we'll take a quick break. Mm-hmm. This is a fun one. St. Louis oh. Cardinals send Richie Palacios. To the Tampa Bay Rays in exchange for Andrew Kittredge. Wow. So they got so it's one thing for the for the Rays to trade for Jose Caballero, who like he had to prove it to the mid. But like Richie Palacios, I love I love Richie, one of our favorite people. He's he's bounced around a little bit. Like the Rays could have jumped in on that sooner, but for him to end up there too, and the Rays are built Andrew Kittredge, what I have no idea what what the status of his elbow slash shoulder is, but I guess the Cardinals needed a, a an experienced reliever. Um, but that's weird. That's I don't I'm trying to think about where Richie fits in to the Rays plans, but maybe that's good for him. I don't know. Uh that's it, Jordan. All right. That's well, all I got take, for you. I think we can uh, th- thank you for recapping. I, I enjoyed Dude, this. Anytime. Anytime you ever go on a honeymoon, I got <laughs> okay. I sense. hope this is your last honeymoon. That same, same, same. That's what I was thinking about how at some point we, we were talking about, oh, honeymoon is a, 
it's it, it was a, a good honeymoon. It's like it should be the good the good honeymoon, right? Like it's the honeymoon. It's not in theory. Hopefully, not a, not for everybody. Not no. I know. I know. Some people, you know, have that. Anyway, all right. We're gonna take a quick break. When we return, I do. There's one thing, one baseball thing I did want to tell you about from my trip that had nothing to do with anything that actually happened uh, on the, you know, in Major League Baseball. But I will tell you about that. We'll do a little bit more banter, and we'll be right back here on Baseball Barbecues. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast Reunited. Jake Mintz, Jordan Schusterman, producer Chris. We're going to do a little uh, Marcus Stroman chat here in a second. But before we do, uh, Jordan, I just sent you a link to a tweet. A tweet from the Chicago Cubs, which you can find on Twitter at Cubs. Uh, Cubs do one of the best cons. Not uh, like a Ponzi scheme type con, but like a convention con. Uh, And they announced all the people who will be at CubsCon, which is going to be this weekend. And they announced it in uh, this year with a graphic. Like Coachella style. Coachella style graphic that has uh, various layers of names in smaller and smaller sizes, right? If you go to a big, I think uh, for a bachelor party, Jordan, in a couple months, I'm going to a Killers concert for a friend's bachelor party. Mm -hmm. And he sent the rest of the, uh, you know, the bill. And it's the 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 fewer the smaller the text goes, the less you've heard exactly. of those people. And and Coachella again, they had it right. It's, it's very common for concert posters, whatever. Yeah, you know the the bigger font. It's like okay, that they're telling you this is the most important. Correct. Now this Cubs one, I think they just randomized. They put Craig Council, Jed Hoyer at the top. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They're at the top. They're the biggest ones. And then I think everything else is random. I think you're right. Except the third line, the second line is Ryan Sandberg, Pat Hughes, and Billy Williams. Pat Hughes is a broadcaster. Ryan Sandberg and Billy Williams are Hall of Famers. The next line is Fergie Jenkins, Hall of Famer. And then probably the three best position players in the 2023 Cubs, Dansby Swanson, Ian Happ, Nico Horner. But then, like, as it goes down... It just gets freaking nuts. Like Ryan Dempster is on the the lowest He's at row. The bottom, with, yeah. With Sean Dunstan, Carrie Wood is in the second to last row, <laughs> which is wild. Along, he's in the same row as Matt Caesar. Okay, they they abbreviated Giovanni Soto to Gio Soto. Gio, I wow, imagine Gio just to even squeeze fit him in. There. Yeah, like, and, and it's really something. Yeah, seeing like James Triantos, uh, one of their one of their you know top hitting prospects, next to Aramis Ramirez, is very strange. Yeah, I'm trying to. Now, I I thought your takeaway was going to be like Craig Council is the headliner, which is kind of the story of the offseason. That is true, and that is a great point. And I think that Jed Hoyer being the other headliner says a lot about the Cubs and Cubs fandom right now, where right. the team is the sum of the parts more than any one dominating baseball player. Right. They're like, like I'm right. I'm the are boss, really man. Cubs fan. Like the idea that uh, fans of the Cubs are more excited about the opportunity to hear Jed Hoyer speak than they are like Dansby Swanson or Ian Happ is both kind of warped and very true. Yes. And I think that is in some ways the long-term theofication of <laughs> this particular fan base where you know, they had Theo Epstein for so long and it was like, how are we going to build the team? It's like, you're good now. Like, like you're supposed to be good now. Like, I think I think you could have Ian Happ at the top of this. Craig Council at the top, no issue with that. 
Yeah, my theory, just looking at this closer, it does seem like certain players are grouped together. Maybe they're on like panels together, but the order is still like you can sort of see clumps, right? Where you have Matt Shaw and Triantos next to each other. You have like Sutcliffe, Dempster, Ryan Sweeney, Sean Dunstan at the bottom, but they're still, still the order is all over the place. But I agree. I think the biggest takeaway is Greg, Craig Council and Jed Hoyer being the headliners is, uh, is, I mean, but yeah, that's kind of, that's been the Cubs. Keegan Thompson, who's totally fine, in the fifth row and Javier Assad in the seventh row is just despicable. Yeah, Javier Assad is on, the dude. best pitcher. Mark Leiter Jr. told me he's the best pitcher in baseball. <laughs> Javier Assad was awesome. So that is behind Michael Arias. I'm not even sure I know who that is. <laughs> I think like I, I think that's a pitching prospect. I know the Cubs have had a lot of pop-up pitching prospects recently, but like, man, that's that's pretty pretty wild. Tough yeah. scenes for Nick Madrigal also down there in the. Uh, yeah, he's grade. a pop-up pitching prospect. He threw uh, 81 innings last year. He struck out 110 batters in it, what, what low level? A and low A and high A. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that I can't explain why he's between Smiley and Javier Assad. That is. Beyond me. Uh, My take, last take, don't rank your players. I don't think I Alphabetical, get the it's so, we have the, we have an option for this. Do the, like the first three uh, lines are fine. No edits. People will get the bit if you just do like big at the front and smaller at the bottom. You don't need to do this. I always find this to be, must be very demeaning for bands when they're playing oh, at a concert. Yeah, and it's totally. Like, Ah, but do you fuck. think, do you think like when you're a band, like you're dreaming of like bigger font size, it's yeah. like, we're go like this tour is going to take us from a size six point font to a size 8.5 font on the next. That project. is true. But I'm sure that there are also certain bands that like want to just hammer the midsize font demo, right? Like, oh, that's true. Oh, great point. You don't want to be, you don't want to be the biggest font. Cause then you're, then the people that you're you sold out. Of, appealing to right then they're looking down like like yeah i used to like them but now they're now they're just making pop music that's how i feel about javier assad dude <laughs> yeah there's a couple man all right i could go even longer on this cup anyway there's another cubs thing uh you wanted your cubs adjacent thing you wanted to talk about quickly marcus stroman you, yeah I, this is this is interesting because i was going to guess the one move i was just going to guess was going to happen because again not boris starting pitching market whatever was Stroman to the Angels. That was something I was like, I could totally see myself logging back on to see. But but is that that hasn't happened? But what's going on with Stroman? This is very from little buzz Mar- on him so far. So I'm I'm curious. This is from Morosi this morning. Um, the Yankees have emerged as the top candidate to sign Marcus Stroman. Source says I'm told the sides have had production productive discussions in recent days. So this is also confusing because there was a report that. Marcus Stroman was interested in the Yankees, but that the Yankees were not interested in Marcus Stroman. Did you see this? Like earlier in the offseason. Or like a week ago. Oh, okay. Well then no, I I don't I don't think I saw that. Oh, I have to find what it was. But it was basically it was basically like here, you you talk and let me find well, this. Well, I, I was just gonna say, like, I I kind of identified this early on in the offseason. I was like, listen, if they're gonna need another starter. He makes a lot of sense. Like you take out all the context of him in New York, which like both makes perfect sense to want to go there. But then personality wise, 
I mean, Strowman is beloved by some. I mean, I don't think he's he he is a somewhat uh, uh, divisive personality at times. Marcus Stroman has informed the Yankees he's seriously interested in signing with them, but the Yankees have declined to make an offer. That was the <laughs> report from Nightingale on January 7th. Okay. Okay. All right. It seems now that he they, they are the favorite to sign him. Stroman as the character is complicated and layered. I think there yeah. are things that he is, uh, he is very good at and good for, and there are things that he is the opposite of that. Yeah. I don't want to dig into that now. Once he signs with the Yankees, we can talk more about that. What is true is that he is a, a as like a he indisputably an outgoing personality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a clubhouse that does not have those. Yeah, right. I mean, again, I think on the Yankees, like he's, I think in some ways it's a good fit because he's not going to be any bigger, no pun intended, than a lot of the guys on the roster, right? And he, skill set wise, like is kind of exactly what they need. And I know he had some bizarre injury stuff last year, but I think that would be great. I, I would give them Yankees plenty of credit if they can get that done. Because I, I still think Stroman for for what for what for that team in that role, not you know what he started with the Cubs as like the best pitcher on the team. I wouldn't want him to be the best pitcher yeah. on the team, but I think he makes a lot of sense there if that does happen. Jordan, what happened on your honeymoon about baseball? Fill me in. Um, well, so again, like, you know, U.S. Virgin Islands, like there's, it's not like that foreign of a place. Like there's Americans all over the place. There's all kinds of. It is America. It is America, right? There's people wearing baseball hats. You know, I had some taxi drivers wearing, wearing Astros hats and Rangers hats and none of them necessarily were Rangers or Astros fans, but it's like, yeah, it's like, appreciate, I like seeing some, some, uh, some merch is always nice, but what I saw uh, on the beach was what I really wanted to kind of take note of here, which I'm just going to go ahead and send to our group chat with Chris as well, um, because this is something that we've seen before, but not necessarily, I think, I, I haven't seen this in this context in particular. Uh, so, you know, sitting on the beach, this was on Monday on St. John, and uh, what do you... What do you see there? Well, this is also it was also great because you know normally taking photos of strangers is like not great, but love when it. you're when you're on a beautiful beach and you're always everyone's taking pictures of the beautiful water and then islands, it's like oh well, you can get away with this. So Jake, what did I just send you a picture of? It is a gentleman with his shirt off, mm-hmm. um, which is acceptable because it's a beach, yep. um, with a tattoo on his back of the Major League Baseball logo. I would say it is about the length of two credit cards. <laughs> it's not not small. Eh, I maybe take a slight under on that, but it's not it's not tiny. It's about the size of a un, of an opened wallet. Yes. Yes. I guess. Yes. Um thoughts? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> I love it. Guy loves ball. He doesn't just love ball. Like you see a lot of ba- baseball tattoos that right, are baseball. Right. Right. That's what I liked about this. This guy is this league. <laughs> this league, right? Right. I was like, damn, like this is this guy. But part of me was like, this guy probably doesn't like college baseball. But maybe he does, right? <laughs> but it's weird. It made me think like he is a major league baseball fan. What um, a way to convey that you hate indie ball. Right, right. Especially now. It's a real statement Yeah. to say... I am on the side of the league. You know, if you're not affiliated with the league, you're not affiliated with me. 
Okay. Yeah. I got to show it on I've, my back, my allegiance. I also think that the location of the tattoo is interesting because, you know, a back tattoo, it's like upper right kind of, you know, shoulder. Um, so a couple of thoughts. Yeah. Maybe it's right where you would load your scap <laughs> is where the tattoo is, Maybe, which is really important in, in, in pitching and in hitting. Maybe he, it's just a reminder to him to like load the logo. Totally. Like load the, load the logo. Load the logo. That's yeah. fine. Second thing is he looks a little bit like Ryan Divish from this angle. Uh, <laughs> he was older and taller and bigger, but and happier, <laughs> probably. Um, he was on a beach in, in, in on St. John. He probably was happier than Ryan Divish. And the other Ryan thought Divish is just freezing his ass off in Haver, Montana. Very. Why do you scene. think this guy has this tattoo? Okay, because that's why I bring it here to this podcast. Yeah. Okay, I just I don't. Again, he looked to be like in his fifties. Like I, it didn't seem like he got it recently. Was he on vacation? I think so. Um, okay. Here's the, by the way, crazy plot twist. He was on my flight back. Whoa, my second flight back, not Whoa! just my first flight back. Okay, back to and I and I and I what? noticed him. He I was indie bound. Yes, he was indie bound. Okay, so again, we don't need to say. So I just I I, I guess the question is like right. It could just be like 20 years ago. Like he could have loved ball. Like think about it. Maybe he, like when baseball was really booming, when it was the number one topic on so on ESPN all the time, you know, in the 90s. When it was the first take. It was the first. He was feeling it. I don't know where. Maybe he's a Cubs guy. Maybe he's, you know, got it swept up in Sosa McGuire and was like, I love Major League Baseball so much. This I league. This. I need this. So I don't know. There's all kinds. I of think he played in the big leagues. Wow. <laughs> okay. I think that's a big leaguer. Wow. Damn. Okay. Then you I, said he was I've... tall. No, he wasn't. He was. He was. He was a. He looked like a college baseball coach. You know, in that sense, which it, it, he wasn't dressed. He wasn't dressed like at all. That 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 I think moved away from it. Like he, the kind he was wearing shorts and like not the kind of shoes you would see on a coach. Maybe he just loves sports and yeah. has not yet gotten the other leagues tattooed. Okay, he's still getting around to that. So again, I would love any other explanations, any sort of uh, additional fan fiction that people want to come up with. Because Javi Baez, Javi Baez having this tattoo on the back of his neck makes sense because he's Javi Baez. Yes. Um, if I would like to know from people the rationale to get a tattoo of the MLB logo if you are not a player. Yes. If you were, if you did not play, right. So we'll throw it to the crowd. You, you guys, uh, let us know. Um, we appreciate the feedback, but I had to obviously uh, share that, uh, share that with you. So anyway, otherwise, uh, that concludes the this uh, this Brent Honeymoon edition of Baseball Barbacast. Producer Chris, it is so great to see you. Uh, a podcaster Jake, it is so great to see you as well. We will be back on Friday. I am uh, excited to log back on and read my Twitter mentions here in a little bit after I go back to sleep, <laughs> probably. Um, but this is great. Good, good to see you guys again. Again, baseballbarbacast at gmail.com, B-A-R-B-Cast. We go, we'll keep that regular schedule going and we will uh, talk to you guys uh, again on Friday. Any final thoughts, uh, Jake or producer Chris? Thank you, producer Chris, for producing. Thank you, Chris. It feels good to be back, fellas. I know hey, we're all you- tired, but we did, we had a good show.
We did you miss producing stuff while you were on vacation? Did you find yourself producing other <laughs> non-podcast I, things? Look, I can honestly say that I did not. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I like being on holiday. On that note, off he goes to edit this podcast. <laughs> uh, thank you, Chris. We love you. Uh, Jake Mintz, thank you, sir. And we will talk to you guys all again on Friday. Goodbye. Serious XM Podcasts. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.